boys are back in town. You're listening to Rob Mike Richards on Newstalk Saga 960. What? Can you just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Newstalk Saga 960 Raw, Mike Richards, on a Friday that has seen our uh, American friends to the south uh, enjoy what was a terrible day of football. I believe the stat of the day yesterday uh, was no idle threat. I think, Dave, your stat of the day yesterday was that these, these combined teams were, were put together... Uh, by the win percentages, the worst teams ever to be collectively playing on a Thanksgiving Thursday. And they came through. They really, they, they backed you up on that stat because those games were atrocious. Yep. And, uh, it, it, uh, I just couldn't believe how bad it was. Uh, and now, now of all things, this is that NFC East. Oh boy. It, Washington now, technically, I haven't looked at the standings, but Washington now is the front runner, who at one point looked like just they shouldn't even be in the SEC, or they would, you know, they'd probably have a losing record. No, Washington is first place, yeah. They, first place. Yeah, they hold number one spot. Philadelphia still has it. to play, but good luck with Seattle on Monday night. Oh, they'll get wiped out. Yeah. Wiped out. So, Giants what? might have a chance. Giants might have a chance. They play the Bengals on a backup quarterback. Um, so, the Giants could jump into first place with Washington, but then the Giants would hold the edge because they beat them twice, right? So, well, have you? Yeah, have who? you ever seen a year like this? Where I mean, I get look. Probably, if you go back, there probably have been years in certain divisions where there ha- it has been like wretched. Um. And, and sometimes it's surprising what those divisions, I guess, I guess if we went back probably historically to see what some of those divisions may have looked like with some of those teams, I, I'm sure they would, they've gone through years where it was this bad. But the NFC East was like the, like the, the glamour division. Um, I mean, NFC East was the one that got, I'll be honest, if you're CBS, you, I think CBS was in love with that. They had all the games, uh, starting with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, America's team. So if you were going to, you know, at the time where you had three channels, guess what game you're watching? The Dallas Cowboys were going to be on television, but you were followed also by the Giants. The Giants was a, is it was a big draw. Uh, and then of course the Redskins who went through their eras of, of being literally the football team. Uh, and then the Eagles, it was, you could, it depended on the year. But but generally, the NFC East, it was conceivable that maybe someone coming out of there might have gone to a a conference final. And now, I mean, if 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 I'm going through what could have potentially been really bad years, now some of the names, some of the teams are differently, some of the names have changed a little bit. But uh, if I look at the NFC North, uh, would there have been years where they were all terrible? Yep. I gotta think there's gotta be a couple of years where that, that did happen. Like the winner was 500 or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the Packers, you know, sure, but pre Brett Favre, I mean, I'd have to go back to see exactly what that is, but I, but I know there's years where the Vikings, Lions, and Bears have, uh, 
kind of dragged a little bit. Obviously, the Bears had had some glory years, uh, certainly the Ditka time, but, um, but the NFC East, it's just, just abysmal. And yesterday's football, I mean, I look at the Lions and, like, who's, if you start arguing about the worst football teams, which, which your New York Jets have proudly proclaimed that they are, they gotta be. Are, yeah. Are they heads? But I don't know if they're heads and tails of the worst team uh, in the football league. There's some stinkers in there. I don't know. If they go head to head with a Bengals team now without Joe Burrow, it's tight. If they go head to head with a Jacksonville team, it might be tight. Um, outside of that, like I, I think the Lions would kick the Jets around, and we saw what happened to the Lions the last number of weeks, right? Um, I think those are the only two teams really in the Jets conversation. I, I, like the Jets, the Jets would not do well in the NFC East as well. I think Washington has a good defense. I think Philadelphia is severely below average, but still better than the Jets. The Giants have a couple of playmakers. Dallas Cowboys still have some offense, but man, um, if they don't let that fourth quarter get away from them yesterday, maybe they're in that position because if they, if they, if they would have won that game yesterday, they would have been first place. Yeah. So yeah, very, very strange. I, uh, looking at the way Alex Smith, how healthy he looks, uh, and people have to realize what a good athlete he was coming out of Utah. Like, he was a very good athlete. That's why he was drafted where he was, even though I know there's some controversy over that. But but the reality was he he, he was a high-end athlete and basically has had to rebuild his, himself to even be a... So, I, I mean, it's a pretty good story, I mean, for Alex Smith. Uh, and looking at what they had defensively, even starting the season, there was something there. So... You know what? Uh, am I going to be shocked then if Washington wins the whole thing? We'll see. The Giants, I think, so it's it's Washington New York's division right now. Correct. off is out. Dallas is out. So it's the only news. News Talk Saga 960 is the new home for Raw Mike Richards. Brought to you by Bell Lifestyle Products. Also streaming live on Saga960.ca. And now, from the Bell Lifestyle Studio, here's Mike and Dave. Saga 960, Raw Mike Richards. Uh, here, of course, being a Friday, and there is lots to talk about uh, in terms of wagering, uh, including the, the government, Dave, and uh, what they want to do with uh, gaming. Uh, I, I know that uh, guys like uh, Stephen Rapp will tell you that you know, the excitement of single-game wagering and so on, well, the uh, Sports Interaction has been doing that for years. How, how long? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is available, so... Uh, it's not the maybe as groundbreaking as it's, it's being meant to be, but I, I do understand though it is uh, uh, of significance. Uh, looking at uh, you know sort of the headlines, Dave, you had just mentioned the uh, you know Black Friday. If people still want to go out and get the giant televisions and line up, but a lot of it, Dave, you can just get like online. A lot yeah. of them just move oh, it online. So oh, why do you need to to crash? A store, or do you just like lining up? That's the one thing, lineups for me. I mean, that, the worst part of, 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 because I have not generally been affected by like some with COVID, but the lining up part in the beginning was kind of tough. Like everywhere you went and you put that mask on, you're outside a superstore or whatever, the weather not being great and you're out there for, no, there weren't huge lines where I lived. They weren't huge, but I don't think they, would you line up for an hour to go to a grocery store? No, I just come back at another time. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I'm, I, I'm probably not lining up. Um, the, um, what is this? 
You know, you go to a story online and they're like, hey, exclusive to subscribers. Hmm. You can't just give me the story. Uh, basically, the uh, the Toronto couple and their two adult sons, all who worked as Ontario government computer specialists, are alleged to have been involved in the theft of more than $11 million in COVID-19 relief funds. Dreadful. This story came out a couple of days ago. Uh, I just, you know, sometimes I look at these stories and think, okay, maybe, maybe it was uh, uh, incorrect. Maybe there's been an adjustment. Maybe I had read something wrong. Nope. This is a family that were involved in this, and it is uh, you know, funneling millions of dollars in in payments to a slew of bank accounts. This is very calculated. I mean, they, they're they're uh, brutal. They're computer specialists. And they have used that knowledge to not only get those jobs, but to bilk us all and the government out of $11 million. I, it's just, it's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. Uh, looking at the numbers, uh, from uh, coast to coast, if we're looking at COVID this morning, boy, they're still, they're still so high. Um, it's, uh, incredible. I think a lot of provinces, Dave, have, uh, gone back to full lockdowns. I think in Alberta. They have gone back to that. What is the situation in Man- Manitoba right now? Yep, still, in lo- still in lockdown in Manitoba. Yeah, uh, they've been there for a couple weeks now, and uh, there's a lot of talk that uh, that will be extended. Uh, so that's uh, that's not good news. We're hearing also, and we'll talk to Kaylee about it early, about a couple couple minutes from now, twenty minutes from now. Uh, they look like they're going to be locking things down in the Maritimes too. Uh, and their numbers aren't even remotely close to what we are, but you know what? It's, uh, it's called, uh, you know, uh, kind of getting ahead of it, right? They're not going to wait until they have a hundred episodes. They're going to try to nail it right now. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but numbers are going way North, Mike, way North. Yeah. I, there is, uh, if you go to the, uh, there's an article, uh, from TVO, TVO. So I'm just on this now and Queens Park, uh, you know, issuing, you know, uh, sort of a, a, an update, but they have, uh, you know, you're talking about your kids, uh, your girls learning graphs. Well, they, they have a graph and, uh, I guess it's, is it a bar graph? We used to have. Like trying to look at all these different graphs, I'm like, man, I gotta go back to school because I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah. Except when it gets to the bar graph, and it just looks like uh, a stairwell just going up towards the heavens. Now, of course, I'm on the one particular computer I'm looking at, which is awful. Uh, you'd think I was on dial-up. I can't. It's just flickering on and on, trying to get to what this actually is, but. Uh, it is, uh, it is very detailed. So if you want to go, this is probably the most detailed, um, actual website I've seen in terms of, uh, numbers, projections, graphs, uh, areas, uh, the impact where, um, for, for instance, where COVID-19, where the uh, epidemic in Ontario, how it's not evenly distributed. So sometimes when you hear those numbers, you're like, boy, we're all doing terrible. Well, that's not true. There are certain areas that are doing uh, particularly bad. Now, of course, I said I'm on a computer right now that I guess the gerbils are getting tired of running around in the wheel. This is just awful. You wouldn't believe how bad this was. I should, I should be filming how bad this is. Uh, but um, it is it is telling you by the neighborhoods where and how 
certain areas are are terrible. And guess what? I think the real tough thing about it, Dave, is where it is bad, it tends to not be generated by the the industries or the companies or the businesses that are being shut down. That's the truth of it. Sorry. I know that guy uh, at Addison Barbecue has been made uh, front and center, and it, it's got way out of hand. Like, it's it's almost weirdly like some some personal protest uh and you know these other people see other people marching around and and placards and so on and signs and liberty or death or which is pretty strong language for someone who just wants brisket and uh smoked ribs (laughs) i didn't realize that dave is where you draw the line now i know you love your ribs but i don't think you're going to be marching for it would you uh i'm not going to be marching for it i'm a little disappointed the way they handled that too because even the first day they're there uh, you know the, the police were there, then they walk away, and then they arrest them five hours later. I, what was wrong with the first time around? You broke the rule, you, you, you got, you get arrested, right? The, the, but even bigger than that, I'm really disappointed that so much, so much police enforcement, government enforcement, um, at every single level of government has gone into some idiot in a barbecue chain. Meanwhile, Woodbine just shut down and they lost 2,500 jobs. So you mean to tell me you're, you're fiddling around with some heck in the middle of South Etobicoke with one barbecue location. Meanwhile, 2,500 people lose their jobs in a, in a money making, uh, um, business operation for the government, for, for everything else, for everything that Woodbine and Woodbine Entertainment brings in. You're too concerned with this guy selling barbecue in Etobicoke. That's just embarrassing. That is a complete fumble by the uh, conservative government and 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 it's 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 dreadful it's i feel terrible for for jim and his and his team at woodbine um but uh man yeah they had to shut down operations because they were not receiving any sort of notification on the countless emails and phone calls that they try to uh you know uh talk with the government and government officials and and meanwhile, meanwhile, Barbecue Hick is is getting front page news. And shame on you, CP24, and places like that that seem to think that we need a live cam to watch this idiot uh, in in the middle in the middle of uh, uh, you know uh, Etobicoke acting like this and uh, just just embarrassing what what has happened, especially in the last couple of days. You had mentioned. Um you know, where Jim Lawson from the CEO of Woodbine had uh, come on our show and was dealing with, uh, that was Monday? Or was it Tuesday? I'm Tuesday. Sure which day it was. Yeah. It was Tuesday and, and hoping that there was going to be a meeting that would, uh, allow them to stay open, but it has officially canceled the rest of its season following discussions with the government. Um, it was put on the restricted list, but they would have been the only ones. I mean, when you talk about horse racing and Peel in Toronto, there's only, one place it's affecting is that one. Um, they were holding discussions, but uh, under the new restrictions, horses can only train and not run in actual races. Um, but what is really strange about that, and this is what I, I, I don't understand, is since the original uh, stipulations, they have run the same way. So when they train them and they race them, the the, the differential, Dave, between the two is... Well, it's almost the same thing, correct? Uh, which is why they had no yeah. cases of COVID-19. None. Not one. Zero. And there's no fans. Nope. So it's not open to the public. So they were functioning in, in, in some ways in their own bubble. 
And when you have 700 acres where no one can get in or out and they're training the horses, because what's the difference between the training and the racing? For From Jim's perspective, uh, it's sort of one in the same kind of thing because they're isolated. Uh, everyone has mass. Uh, it's really tough because that industry, that is just... Uh, well, there there might be some uh, of those that uh, horse people, as they call them. Well, if they don't, if they didn't get that money from those purses, how do they have money to actually look after the horses? Yeah. So, what do you do now with the horses? Like, it's a mess. That that part is really scary. So, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, <sighs> I don't know when they can. Uh, what are they looking at? April now? Because no. I see there's there's you, an argument. Yeah, new season, right? Is is I guess early spring. I don't I don't think they're gonna they they they're not gonna do any harness racing or anything like that this winter. But because sometimes they do that, right? There's a harness schedule. Well, well and and this is what what you're saying, you know, with with Buddy. Okay, so the, so the first day that he does this, and they're not prepared for a guy to make such a a stink over a, a rib joint. Um, okay, I, I get that, but this has now gone on for days, and as you said. And this is where, and, and this is where, and if you've ever worked at a radio station or, or a, a, a news station, and Dave, you know this because you've worked at, uh, well, basically everything. When there are these kinds of news stories, they go so over the top for this stuff. They do, yeah. You, you would think it was Armageddon or the end of the world because they need to be the ones that are first on it. They need to promote it because this is how they, this is how they get ratings. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're having discussions this morning, like, I'm more mentioning this. But I'm, we're not doing three hours on Buddy serving uh, brisket and ribs. No. But but if you're CP24, if you're whatever, if you're probably 1010 or whatever, these, these are the, probably these huge discussions on this thing. I just think it's embarrassing. Like if I have a law and Dave breaks it, and I'm the I'm 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 Doug Ford, and as Doug Ford did say in the the very beginning, he goes he goes I get it, Buddy. I'm not going to throw this guy under the bus. It's hard. He's he thinks he's doing the right thing. I'm telling you, you're not. But I understand that you stand and I, and I, I can't, I cannot support you in this. Correct. But I get your frustration. That's, that was day number one. But then day number two was like, buddy. Seriously. See, that should have been yeah. it. That should have been it. But yeah. here's what's weird about that story. The only thing I don't understand. They're referring to him and putting him in the same category as a sole proprietor. They're saying that he's basically an entrepreneur, that it is his restaurant. But when I'm watching the story like a couple of days ago, because that's the only time I'd be interested in it. It's owned by a corporation. It's not his. He's the manager. But they're not saying he owns it. That is a huge difference, for instance, between that guy and our buddy Bruno, who has the Pilates studio. Mm-hmm. They, they're a whole, I mean, there is no corporation behind them. It's him and his wife. Yeah. This guy, so there's a fine that went out, like a big one to uh, like $100,000 or something to the corporation. And then he got dinged, whatever it was. I'm sure the corporation will pick it up. So that part I don't understand because that's not the same category. When you have a corporation behind you, the same as the mom and pop uh, restaurant or, or clothing store or shoe store or whatever the, 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 the business is where you're dependent upon every person who comes through there because that's the only way you get money, not via a corporation paying you to run it. So that's confusing. Look, there's there's going to be, and you know, I, and sadly, I thought with everything that's going on in this world, I guess once I got into August, Dave, I, I kind of started feeling pretty good about everything. And even even though there's the 
news of all the vaccines that are coming whenever that should come. But that does not address this. The ability for us to maybe not be afraid of COVID or what it does or to find this vaccine that will, I don't know, I don't know if immunity is the word I would use, but for us to fight it off. But this period we're going through right now, Dave, so this November, December, and I would suggest at least January, there's a real ugliness to this. And it's almost all financial. It's almost all. It, it's, we're not even really necessarily talking about, you know, how we were afraid for seniors, how we were afraid for our parents, how we were afraid for people who to do just be healthy. I got to be honest. I don't think that's what we're talking about at this very moment. It, it, it's almost like we, the, the, the impact isn't so much about people living and dying. The impact is whether financially any of us are going to survive this thing. Exactly. That's, that's how I look at it. You know, that's, that's what I'm afraid of. Uh, and then you see, uh, the family that helped themselves to $11 million. <laughs> Unreal. I, I don't know if you, I, I, I don't know if you can be worse than that. Um, it is coming up on 725 uh, as you know, we do traffic on the fives and a reminder that it is, of course, uh, our big sports interaction, power hour day and Andrew Cayley, uh, not that far away. And, and he can tell us a little bit about what's happening, uh, in the East Coast. As you mentioned, Dave, the Maritimes who have been very, very good. They've, the Atlantic bubble has uh, a pretty good record. But even now, they're adjusting for what's going on, so we'll find out more about that. The boys are back in town. You're listening to Raw Mike Richards, brought to you by Bell Lifestyle Products on Newstalk Saga 960. And now, from the Bell Lifestyle Studio, here's Mike and Dave. And now, it's time for Raw Mike Richards' Stat of the Day. Mike Richards, Sat of the Day, brought to you by SportsMarketplace.ca. SportsMarketplace.ca. If you've wondered if your sports collectibles or memorabilia is worth anything, well, now you've found its place. Post your items for sale. Free to sign up. Free to post. No commissions. SportsMarketplace.ca. Where sports fans go to put their stuff on waivers. beforehand <laughs> uh, Dave Stad about the worst teams playing on a Thanksgiving Thursday well, he wasn't Dave was not messing around because that was the worst football I've ever seen yeah it, it was but there were some bright spots including uh, anything for fantasy owners of Antonio Gibson. Man, yesterday he he had himself a game. Uh, First rookie to score three touchdowns on Thanksgiving since Randy Moss did it back in 1998. Three touchdowns, 163 yards on three receptions against the Dallas Cowboys. Gibson did it on three rushes yesterday. Speaking of the Cowboys, Zeke Elliott is the third Cowboys player to lose five fumbles in a season since 2010. The others are Dak Prescott, who lost six in 2018. DeMarco Murray lost five in 2014. But you know what? Since uh, since the contract holdout, Mike, Zeke Elliott, and this is being nice, has been complete garbage for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry, did you say uh, being nice? I was be- <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to sugarcoat this. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, that seems, that, I'm speaking that like nice. he's in the room with us. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want him to punch me. Yeah, Zeke, I do want to hurt your feelings. And I know you've been through a lot. And um, I just want to tell you that we feel, okay, collectively, and I think you'll understand what we're trying to say. You're garbage. 
it's just been dreadful. The guy has so much talent, and and he just hasn't been able to do anything this year. Um, you know what? We got some big news about uh, about uh, something that could be happening in Toronto. So I'm going to wrap this up because these are our Fridays. Stat of the day. Get your stuff on sportsmarketplace.ca. Also, give yourself a chance to win a $540 Amazon e-card. Earn balance by signing up and earn additional balance by posting items for sale. And that's not all. A special bonus for listeners of Raw Mike Richards. Enter the coupon code RAW2020. That's R-A-W-2020 and get featured listings for free. Sportsmarketplace.ca, where sports fans go to put their stuff on waivers and we're back in and our good friend nelson nelly who's we should be paid by the station uh, with some of the stuff that he does seriously for us. He really, he's really good he I really know. Is, he's really remarkable um he had directed our attention to a story that i had not seen it came about uh give or take within the last hour yep. uh uh courtesy of uh, 680 news actually and uh sources telling the globe and mail now this does shock me just so you know, considering what's going on in the world right now, and considering the status of certain companies, including this one, the Rogers plans to demolish the Rogers Center and build a new ballpark in its place. So, Brookfield Asset Management, massive company, right? Huge. Uh, want to demolish the stadium and transform that huge parcel of land as part of a whole downtown redevelopment. So a new natural grass baseball focused stadium, which I get because that's, that is your major tenant, yep. your team. Uh, if they had natural grass, I think if you're a baseball fan, this, that is like fantasy talk right now. It's like I'm teasing you. It's like baseball porn, just saying that there's going to be a natural grass, uh, stadium. It would take up the southern end of the current property with residential towers, office buildings, stores, and public space planned for the northern portion. Ultimate goal is to keep the stadium downtown. Uh, so the multi-billion dollar plan would be private, privately funded mm-hmm. through Rogers and Brookfield. So they'd work with three levels of government on this. But yep. according to the Globe, um, okay, Rogers hasn't confirmed this yet. So that's, so that's one. Okay, so that's one. Although 680 News, owned by Rogers. Mm. <laughs> so you'd kind of think it's getting out there. Uh, and I don't think that they were just going to drop this uh, bomb without going through and saying, uh, okay, is it okay we run with this story? Yeah, so there's that. Also, if the public is not on the hook for actually paying for this, which is probably a very good thing, which is what this is sort of promoting, yep. um, we'll have to wait and see, Dave, but that does surprise me. That, um, in a time where, uh, you know, and they got crushed by a hockey deal that, uh, no one won on, especially Rogers. Uh, now you have a, a deal that is a multi-billion dollar plan. The timing of it to me, not that they, not that they're going to do this next week, but the, the announcement of, of even the planning of this strikes me as odd. That's mm-hmm. not the, I mean, they, they, as you've seen, Across the country, there's a lot of people who've lost their jobs, breakfast televisions in different, like, like big cities like Vancouver and, and Calgary. Um, just a lot of, of tightening of the belt for obvious reasons because that hockey deal was, was particularly damaging. The timing of this announcement is just very weird. Weird. I, I, I don't quite understand it. I know we don't have a lot of time, but we'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show as well. You know what's kind of interesting too? 
and I know this is impossible to do, but imagine if they could get their ducks in order in a quick variety where they they could wrap this up and and figure this out in in you know unless they have already been working on it which we don't know but in the 2021 season there's a legitimate chance that the blue jays play south of the border as well could you imagine this scenario where they play in 2021 during 2021 here in toronto knock it down build it up get it ready for 2022 and new stadium well, now that that would have to be like press the fast forward button like 16 times. You know how you press the first fast forward and it's not that fast? Well, you got to go. Yeah. You got to until it goes four times. Until it hits the four. <laughs> exactly. And then you're like, whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down, slow down. There's no such thing but as slow down. If you did that, considering also where the team is at, by the time that thing got finished, you actually might have I know. a team that's competitive. We we jumped right over how much money it costs, all the logistics, all the destruction around it, everything was bad, and we went right to you have to win. Now they're gonna win. Yeah, we can. I wonder if we can bet on that. Oh, of course you can. Oh, well, then it's a good idea. We we don't have enough time. We don't worry about the cost. Just start. Let's bring out our hammers and start chiseling at it. Come on, give me that. uh, Give me that Phillips. That's that's my level of my knowledge of building stuff. Yeah, you recently the screwdriver. That's not probably what they're going to use to knock that down. Ah, okay. Uh. <laughs> the boys are back in town. You're listening to Raw Mike Richards, brought to you by Bell Lifestyle Products on Newstalk Saga 960. And now, from the Bell Lifestyle Studio, here's Mike and Dave. Talk Saga 960 Raw, Mike Richards. As you know, it's not only a sports interaction power hour day, it's also the Duke. Now, the Duke, just so you know, of Dartmouth, uh, maybe in, in a, some sort of a shutdown, lockdown, uh, the Maritimes, as you know, they've had their own uh, bubble, the, the Atlantic bubble, which has had an amazing record, speaking of records, record pretty good, but right now, as we talk to Andrew Cady from Covers, are you in uh, some sort of a situation where uh, Atlantic Canada is actually kind of locked down a little bit, is it? Yeah, we um, we are now over 100 active cases, and it prompted the, first of all, the um, Newfoundland and Labrador Premier and Prince Edward Island Premier were like, they burst the bubble like, nope, we're out. No more. <laughs> See you later, Halifax. Yeah. Because almost almost 100% of the cases are in the greater Halifax area, and all the cases are between 18 and 35-year-olds for the most part, um, which means it's just guys like me, unfortunately, going out and socializing. <laughs> guys in my age range. Um, uh, but uh, that's what it is. And so now we're into lockdown number two. Uh, schools are still open. Um, but restaurants, bars, et cetera, are closed for, except for takeout only. Yep. We've, uh, libraries, museums, uh, art galleries, all that stuff is closed as well. Gyms, uh, school sport is shut down. The, uh, the Halifax Mooseheads, the QMJHL team out here is not allowed to play. Uh, people aren't allowed into Halifax for two weeks. We're not allowed out of Halifax for two weeks. Um, and like I said, all the, all the Atlantic bubble, everyone else is pulled out and they're going to reassess in two weeks, but, uh, 
we're just hoping we're hoping for the best. And that's just, and that's a hundred. We're here in Ontario. We're in yeah. Ontario. Like yeah. a like fifteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is. I mean, look, it does work. The lockdown works. I know people don't want to hear it, but that's really the answer to it. Is that separation of people being around each other? It's not that hard to figure out. Uh, <laughs> although some people will apparently really like to debate that. Uh, was it no no less mass, more hugging? What was that whack job who was going around talking about hugs? I I don't even I, I have no answer for that. Yeah, Speaking that's, of that's things, the, that, that's the punch in the throat guy. That's, yeah. That's, <laughs> sorry. I'm just, I'm just. Here, okay. Here's here's a weird stat I'd look at. Speaking of things that you don't believe, here's a, a guy here on Twitter. The original Bernsey calls himself, uh, but he said a friendly reminder that in 1983. And I had to look at this twice because I thought I was seeing this wrong. Wayne Gretzky finished a record-breaking 51-game point streak. So you get to that point in the sentence, I'm going, points in 51 games. Okay, I think I know what that is. I think I know what that number one mm-hmm. is. No, I don't. <laughs> Amassing 61 goals and 92 assists for 153 points over that period. A hundred and fifty-three points in fifty-one games. Three three points a game. (laughs) It's staggering. (laughs) Like I said, that's that's like when you play mite hockey or novice hockey when you're really young and and you play the half boards and you play with guys who eventually do play junior or they go on play. And when they were young, the local paper said, "Yeah, little little Andrew Cayley scored." Uh, another nine goals, you know, against uh, (laughs) Steve's Lumber or whatever. You know, it was like those kinds of games. This was the NHL. <laughs> he was doing this in the NHL. He was doing this to professional teams and goalies. A hundred and fifty. You know, as, as as much as you in our minds, we know how great he was. When I seen sixty one and ninety two, I just can't even fathom what that would have been like playing Gretzky because you just assume anytime he's on the ice, he's either setting up a goal or scoring one. Yeah, we're just, uh, we're waiting for every, we have that Jordan and LeBron debate in the NBA. Uh, there just isn't that kind of debate in hockey. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> like it's not, it's not close. <laughs> yeah, like what, what could possibly, who's number two then when you even look at stuff like this for you? Dave, I'll start with you because you're, you're 66. sort of the hockey. 66 is number six. Yeah. Yeah. But there's yeah. not a, de- no, there's, but there's not a debate between 99 and 66. There isn't in my eyes. There isn't in my eyes. No, I know there's people out there that that think Mario, if if he if he plays the Stay same healthy same and, in healthy yeah. and same era, like even earlier in the '80s, I disagree. But that's that's okay. I think so. that's the best argument. Yeah. New new era people might want to say Sid, but the game has changed so much. Yada yada yada. That if you put yeah. him in that. Put him in that era. But then you're playing that, that whole era game is such a hard one to play in sports. Like yep. I, 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 uh, dislike it. <laughs> well, uh, what was disliked yesterday, uh, was probably the level of play. But as, as, uh, Dave Bastel mentioned yesterday, we have something called stat of the day. Yesterday's stat <laughs> of the day was just how bad those teams were at collectively win percentage, that it would be the worst <laughs> Thanksgiving day football uh, day ever. And Dave wasn't not wrong. Those numbers did not lie. Uh, he said, unless depending upon what you had in fantasy football or what you had bet on. Now, I just assumed that Detroit would be terrible, so that didn't surprise me. But the uh, the Dallas game, I thought, would be a lot more competitive than that. Now, once their offensive linemen started dropping, uh, you know, the, the, that, that quickly went the other way. But, yeah. boy, I was still surprised just how awful that second game was. 
I thought uh, I was on the same page as Dave. I was. I thought I thought it was going to be a, a wealth of awfulness. I didn't expect one side to be much better than the other. <laughs> so I had a couple of unders. I had two unders yesterday, and uh, sitting there and watching. Both of them were were done by early in the fourth quarter. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was it was very disheartening. But no, that uh, to go from to go from the clapper to Mike McCarthy for Dallas is is something to behold. That fourth down play call. Oh, oh, I, I, yeah. I, I tweeted this yesterday. Yesterday was the chef's kiss of bad coaching. <laughs> we got Matt Patricia in game one, and then we got Mike McCarthy in in game two. Oh boy, was there some some bad coaching? I thought it looked like guys are trying to lose their jobs. Yeah, yeah. It it, it I like I seriously like I look at uh, what happens on the Eagles sideline, their coaching staff, which I I, I honestly is <laughs> ownership. I'm like, are you are you do you not like me? Are you, are you, are you do you not like the city? Are you really? And then I look at Mike McCarthy, who's who's been doing this for weeks now. These decisions, and when I watched it yesterday, I turned to my son and went. I don't believe what I'm watching. I seriously, <laughs> I cannot believe what I'm watching because it is that bad. And, and, uh, you know, to just as a football person, what, what is your, what is your sensibility on that one? That fourth down play? I'm like, because I had gone out and done something, came back and went, what, 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 what's going on? And then I realized what it was. I was like, like, even if you're drunk, you know, even if you're drunk, you're like, oh, okay, let's go. Well, we punt the ball, but you're not wearing pants, mister. Like something really <laughs> weird, but at, at least. It's at least you're still kicking the ball. At least it's he, still a punt. Did you hear that he defended it after the game? He was like, oh. it's a, he said it was a solid play call and it's a solid play design. Just, <laughs> if you think that, then <laughs> I got to fire the guy. He's not gonna. He's his, he's his, his sleepover armchair, uh, I don't know, lazy boy buddy. They just sit there, watch their, their old movies and talk about the, the good old days of football and, I just, I just, I, I think he has to fire him, but I don't think he will. Yeah, <laughs> when has yeah. Jerry Jones ever made a good decision? Yeah, never, never. He, fire, he fired, fired Jimmy Johnson, and that was the beginning of all the awfulness. <laughs> totally was, yeah. Um, if we're looking at, uh, uh, well, today, of course, there's there's uh, a lot of college, college football today. There's yeah. different numbers I do like. I like the, I like the Iowa State yeah. Texas over. Because they're not really that interested, and mm. they're not that interested now. The number has fluctuated. I think it was 50, the total started at fifty nine and a half. It dropped down to fifty six and a half. Uh, somehow I've ended up with fifty seven and a half. But those teams will both score in the thirty. So mm-hmm. the fact that they're going to hit sixty, I have no problem with the over. I think Notre Dame has no option. <laughs> but <laughs> if they want to salvage this, they have to win every game. Uh, at yeah. five and a half, still under a touchdown. North Carolina at times has shown. You know, they're a decent football program, but I, I think for Notre Dame, like they just, they have no tomorrows. Like if they really seriously want to hang in that top four, they have, uh, so I, I think they could cover a five and a half. And if I'm looking at, uh, the goofy ones, if you want a goofy one, but it's easy, uh, Liberty, who aside from losing to North Carolina State, uh, uh, last week, which was tough for them, but they're, they put together a very solid program at their level of football. So I'm, not putting them in the power five, but 37 and a half against UMass. UMass has been a division one school for what? Uh, six or seven years now, maybe a little more. They took them years and years to win one game. Uh, and this, believe it or not, is a backwards year for them. They're like backwards for UMass. <laughs> Are they, uh, will there be a negative in, in that column? Uh, Liberty will pound 37 and a half, though they might cover it by the half. That, that's a, to me, that's a cupcake game. That's an easy one. 
UMass has been the team that a lot of these group of five teams, like they did, UMass didn't have their independent and didn't have a real schedule this year. And so it's like, Hey, UMass, you want to come here? We'll <laughs> kick the crap out of you for a couple hundred thousand dollars. No, no, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there, I love, I love Black Friday football in, in the States. Uh, my favorite one is Iowa. I'm taking the Iowa at, if you get 13 and a half, that's great, but I still think they win. I still think they cover the 14. I have this thing that I say, it's called Fading Nebraska. They have too much faith in Scott Frost and that program. I've got 13 and a half, by the way. I've got 13 and a half is the number I have. I grab it because, yeah. uh, Nebraska is, they have quarterback issues now. They, they made the switch to Luke McCaffrey, um, who played well in their win. I believe it was against, uh, Penn State, but then comes back and was awful last week. Um, Iowa's underrated. They have a lot of talent and a lot of depth. Um, their biggest problem is obviously, obviously quarterback play. Uh, Spencer Petrus is okay, not great, but uh, I don't know. Nebraska, they, they were one of the biggest proponents for bringing back Big Ten football, and maybe they just should have stayed home because yeah. they are not. <laughs> uh, quickly looking at the Sunday schedule, uh, what uh, what circles your uh, card on this one? Just kind of, when I look at this twelve week twelve, and I'm really disappointed about the Steelers Ravens not being there. Uh, this isn't a very good schedule at all. I mean, I like the Titans and Colts game. That should be fun, but there's a lot of trash on this schedule, Kaylee. <laughs> you you are a hundred percent right. Uh, but uh, as Mike said, Philadelphia is one of those coaching staffs that also looks uh, like they don't care or are coaching or pre- prepping their resumes for next year. And that line is less than a touchdown, less than uh, yeah. crossing the goal line at five points for Seattle. Uh, Seattle's had their issues recently, but. Uh, that Philly team's a mess. And uh, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz might be the fourth best quarterback in the NFC least this year at the moment, which is not, it's not good. Um, so I like the, I like the Seahawks at less than a touchdown. Another yeah. one I kind of like this week is, is the Broncos at home getting six points yes. against, against Taysom Hill. There's going to be a lot of Taysom Hill love after last week. Uh, they're already six point favorites. I might even wait on this one if you're betting the Broncos because I think the public is going to hammer the Saints in this one and they're going to love all the, the way Taysom Hill played. But, uh, Denver has a much better defense than Atlanta does. Um, they have some pass rushes. It'll be interesting to see, um, uh, what they do. And, uh, I, I like, I like getting six points at home with, with that defense. Yeah, it, it's almost uh, when you look at this schedule, it, it's it's it, this is this is for for gamblers, for fantasy football. This is not for <laughs> football people who want to see the game played perfectly because there'll be almost none of that. As Dave mentioned, uh, the Titans Colts game probably, arguably, is the best game on 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 that slate of of uh, of games. I would take a look at like see, there's some of, of teams that you there's a trust factor. So the Cardinals number dropped. What did it open at? Because it was it was like two and a half. Uh, yes, two and a half. Yeah. So. And what are we down to now? A pick them? No, I got them at two points. They're, they're two it points. Dro- it dropped to a pick and then it bounced back and it's back to. Did it really? Two okay. Again. Yeah. Because there is no reason why the Cardinals shouldn't go in. I don't know if they stomp them necessarily, but the potential of them doing that probably is still there. But to cover two, to me, I wouldn't think would be difficult. But when the number fluctuated like that, I was like, well, uh, with COVID, you just, 
you just never know. Maybe you've made something or something's happened and maybe well, why the fluctuation? Well, we know that Larry Fitzgerald has been put on the COVID list, so we don't know if he's yeah. available. Not to say that he's like, you know, the primary or even secondary target on that team. Uh, but the other thing too, Kaylee, is uh, I'm not sure anybody is coming out publicly on Kyler Murray because he did something to the shoulder. And if Kyler Murray can't throw and you know he's not going to run just because if he runs, he's going to take a hit on that shoulder. The Cardinals could be uh, in for some trouble. I'm not saying they can't handle a Patriots team, uh, but Kyler Murray kind of, you know, shifts that offense. And, and if he's not there, that's um, that's an issue for me. Oh, for sure. And I think that's what the number is telling you for the most part. Uh, if you watched the game last week, he, he was not pushing the ball down the field at all. And, and he, he went to Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald has, and he's actually had, I think, more than 50 yards in three of his last four games. So he has been relying on Larry a bit. Um, so it is a loss. He's a, he's a team leader. He, yeah. he probably gets those guys in shape. Um, the other thing about it is Fawn Gilmore is back for the Patriots and they're just going to say, Hey, Go, go follow DeAndre Hopkins around all game. And, uh, they're just going to try to make Murray beat them with a bum shoulder and with everyone else. And so there is reason to be skeptical here. I, I'm probably staying away. Like mm. your theory about Arizona being able to go in there and win by two is, is reasonable and <laughs> it's a normal thought, but it, there is some, there is some, um, some counterpoints there. Bring sure. in Chris Trevler. Yeah. Bring <laughs> yes. him in. Oh, <laughs> Come on. He, he wants that hit on that shoulder. He'll lower that shoulder. Yeah. Oh, man. That'd be oh, so you know much what? fun. For CFL fans who got ripped off and did not get a Grey Cup Sunday, was it last Sunday, Dave? That would have been uh, Grey Cup Sunday? Yeah. It was last Sunday. To see a CFL guy go out there and beat the Patriots. Oh, please. <laughs> Oh, come on. I'll replay that. Well, Andrew, you uh, stay safe. Uh, I suppose you kind of have to now <laughs> as, yep. uh, as the, the strictness of, of the Halifax, uh, uh, the guards, uh, the famous Halifax guards. Very famous, <laughs> yes. They, no, very. They, you know, in the East Coast where they're world-renowned. <laughs> if you were to come outside the house, someone would say, you get back in there. You get back in there. <laughs> And that's how they treat you. It's very strict. Very strict. So uh, you stay safe, and we will talk to you next week, my friend. You guys stay safe as well. Have a great weekend. <laughs> See you, pal. That is Andrew Cayley from Covers. And if you have not visited Covers, uh, I don't know who you are. Because yeah, I've been yeah, covers. Exactly. I've been going to Covers for I'm years. I'm on it right now. <laughs> years. I always wondered, it's funny, before you and I actually even met, I always used to say, why do we have some of the Covers I mean, we we go there every day, yeah. like and 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 read it. And it wasn't until I meet you, and you're like, oh, I, I got this person who covers it. Covers, covers yeah, the magical covers. covers. He does such a great job. News Talk Saga 960 is the new home for Raw Mike Richards. Brought to you by Bell Lifestyle Products. Also streaming live on Saga960.ca. And now from the Bell Lifestyle Studio, here's Mike and Dave. It is uh, incredible what in this uh, pandemic era, when we start talking about debt, when we talk about the hospitality industry, um, the courtesy of the uh, Toronto Star, and hopefully they'll be able to read this and they won't say, hey, 
You're not a subscriber. Yeah, totally. They always get me on that. Yeah, you're not part of the <laughs> club, but it is incredible the, the amount of money it takes to run a restaurant. Uh, for a lot of us, and, and for people who have not been in the industry, and look, some people have only been in a restaurant to eat. They haven't actually worked there. Right. When you start looking at the numbers and what it takes to actually keep these things alive, and what I was thinking is, because you know my buddy Danny Farakuti. Yes. So Dan owns uh, Safari and, and all the rest of them. He was on uh, City the other day talking about it. He's very vocal. See, he's very vocal about it, but he's not, you know, defying police and, and blocking traffic. It's just, hmm. you know. But but he was just saying, you know, just the margins itself. Well, there is a company uh, that has a lot of elegant, real nice, uh, uh, you know, f- French restaurants, Belgian style, Japanese. Like, there's all kinds of. Uh, yeah, it's not gonna let me in here, but a company. So the owner of Buka, which you probably, that was. I have been to that one, yeah. You know. So Buka, La Banane, Jacob's. Now Jacob's Steakhouse is like, ooh. Been there once. <laughs> yeah. I've been there once and I didn't have to pay, thank uh, God. I'll, I'll be back in a couple of years. A couple of my, <laughs> my rancher slash oil and gas buddies. Ah. Uh, Calgary Stampede, uh, yes. Big Shots came in and, uh, they were awesome. Uh, but they racked up. You know how much uh, in debt? To try to guess the debt. Oh, hey. See, it's impossible, right? Would, it wouldn't even be 40, fair to me, yeah. $46 million. What? $46 million in debt, because these, these, these are high-end places. Oh. Including, you know, their their bill for mushrooms? Yes. <laughs> I like mushrooms. Like, are you a mushroom guy? Because I'm a huge Love mushroom mushrooms, guy. especially on yeah. steak. Especially on yeah. steak. Like, I'll get the yeah, side, like, when we go to, like, say, like a keg or, or, or a Jacob's, you know, if we go there every once in a while. Yeah. You, you uh, and I rob a bank. Yes, yes. Um, I would you get. You know who's eating at Jacob's? The family that ripped off $11 million from the government uh, on the CERB payments. Yes. They're eating at Jacob's. Uh, I hope they're eating in jail for the next 50 years, too. Um, so, no, it's. Uh, I love I love side mushrooms uh, with my steak is uh, is my roundabout story is what I wanted to get to yeah delicious their bill their bill for mushrooms a hundred thousand dollars wow a hundred thousand dollars in mushrooms I would have bought uh, I would have bought ten dollars of it from them if they would have sold mm-hmm. it to me just just a yeah, I don't need a lot I don't need a lot yeah. just, you know there's like you're gonna help us out with this yeah can I have mm, Eight dollars worth of those mushrooms. Eight dollars. Well, thank you, sir. That should uh, we'll be out of this forty-six million dollars in debt in no time. If this continues on, so true, eh? Uh, that is just uh, incredible. So, documents filed with the court earlier this month. So, the King Street Food Group, right? So that's that's all the high end, all the nice, you know. So the, I, I guess probably more towards Liberty Village, like all that area. Dave, we used to uh, yeah. live out that way on uh, King. Owes a total of forty-five point eight million, with twenty-three point four million dollars in assets. They own a chocolate shop, eight restaurants, including Buca and Jamie Oliver's, Jamie's Italian uh, restaurants. So these are pretty high-end stuff, but that gives you just the taste of what everyone else, because everyone else is getting uh, getting the, the the crap kicked out of them. Which again is why I think even Doug Ford understands the Addison guy initially his initial fight back. But I look at, at, as it goes on for the next couple of days and city TVs out there with their, the kids who have been out of uh, Ryerson for one year who have their phones and the cameras are on. We're supposed to believe that they're reporters. Uh, and, and watching them 24 hours a day 
because there's people inside. I don't care. We don't care. You know, what I care about, and I do feel the frustration and devastation of those that own restaurants, those in the hospitality, those that are in businesses that are, are family run, that have been sometimes generations, uh, getting crushed by this thing. Um, that, that it, it's heartbreaking because I don't know what this 28 does. Because are we really thinking at 28 days everything's just going to open up? No. Like what happens at the end of 28 days? I, I, can't, I can't see it. That's exactly this, this it. Is going, yeah. This is going into January. David has to. I don't know. It's just depressing sometimes. It's uh, it's devastating. Um, you feel bad for for every every small business owner, uh, every restaurant owner, anybody that you know has, has sacrificed everything for you know wanting to wanting to be part of that hospitality uh, um, small business type of uh, business. And yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a dreadful it's been a dreadful year. Not not just, just this last month. Yeah. yeah. No, no. 2020 has been the meanest year, I think, in the history of the planet. I don't know how else to put it. The boys are back in town. You're listening to Raw Mike Richards, brought to you by Bell Lifestyle Products on News Talk Saga 960. And now, from the Bell Lifestyle Studio, here's Mike and Dave. Talk Saga 960, Raw Mike Richards. It is now officially into the Sports Interaction Power Hour. There are certainly lots to choose from. I will be very busy with college football today and, of course, the full slate of games. And for those, by the way, that uh, that actually are able to be played, I did originally have Air Force uh, as one of my plays this week. And, of course, like a lot of games, uh, canceled uh, due to COVID. You, there, was a, there was a bunch of them. Uh, but it is, uh, you know, again, they, the games went off yesterday. I'd have to think even as abysmal as they were, probably still relatively busy because it is a Thanksgiving Day football day. And for more, we go to our good buddy Phil Gray from Sports Interaction. Phil, how you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic this morning. Russ never sleeps in Montreal for me, so I'm I'm a little I'm a little cobwebby this morning. Cobwebby. Cobwebby. I'm gonna have to, but see, now that might have happened in, uh, in the rock and roll playing days because as you mm. know, the next day, depending on the show that night, you could be a little cobwebby, including the, uh, perfection of stage presence. Now, I, I need to know, I think people need to know. <laughs> yes, they do. That you, that you implemented some of the moves that are so important as a musician. Uh, that would be, of course, the foot on the monitor towards the edge of the stage. Did you work that into your repertoire? I, I tried a couple of times. It was uh, m- many, many years ago. I was in Halifax at the Misty Moon, very popular show bar down <laughs> oh, there, big, big, big show bar. And yeah. they had those. They had the, in the front of the stage. They had those wedge monitors, if you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Kind of, they kind of tilted. So I thought it'd be really cool. And I was a little bit too aggressive and put my foot on the monitor and went right over the front of the stage. My bass unplugged. I think I took a good chunk out of the headstock. Uh, but, uh, you know, I got back up on stage and played, and uh, I think I still picked up that night. So. Yeah, well, pick him up. Did. Come on, it doesn't mean you're not picking up. He's talking about, about picking up the round. That's <laughs> <laughs> now, what about, and this is important, as you're playing, did you ever do the lick on the neck of the bass guitar? Did you ever lick the guitar while playing? Yeah, we used to do uh, one of the, one of the bands I was in. We used to do a bunch of Kiss songs, and during, yeah. during God during God of Thunder, I would do. Oh that. yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. 
God of Thunder. Uh, Great song. Oh yeah, little Gene. Gene, what a beautiful voice he had. What a beautiful, what a beautiful voice Gene Simmons had. <laughs> like an angel. Uh, <laughs> so we're taking a look at uh, this weekend as a whole, but uh, today, as I said, because of uh, college football, I'm curious. So yesterday, uh, handle wise, busy day for sports interaction. Yeah, it certainly was the uh, the two NFL games. Unfortunately, the uh, primetime game got canceled. But, uh, yeah, magnificent handle on both the games. Came out pretty good, even though both games won on the over. Uh, I did pretty well getting a lot of Detroit buyback on the early game. So I didn't do too bad on Houston covering. And, uh, of course, Washington uh, did to Dallas with Dallas always happens on Thanksgiving. And uh, we, we made a few bucks there. So it was a good day all around. College basketball has started, but, uh, gee, uh, I would think in the last – Two days of, of the beginning of their season, we've had maybe a couple of dozen games cancel. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. Still about 60, 70 games on the board again, again today, and a full slate again tomorrow. So it's a juggling act for us as the notices come in and these games are canceled. We have to take them down and void that. So a little disappointing for some of the betters out there. I wanted to ask you about that Cowboys game for a second. So, so from a from a betting standpoint, and I'm almost guessing from a from an NFL standpoint. If they kind of had an idea that 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 Ravens game wasn't going to go through, why didn't they move that game into prime time? Because that probably would have done better for numbers on television and probably better numbers betting wise too, right, Phil? I would think logistically at that late date for them to move it would have been very hard. But again, that's the NFL; they're very stoic in their ways, you know. Yeah. And they, you know, they 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 really don't um, react to public reaction. Absolutely for sure. I mean. A good chunk of the betting and viewing world was was very disappointed. There was no primetime game last night on Thanksgiving, as there usually is. Yeah, yeah. Th- this has certainly been a season for those that uh, that obviously are you know gambling online and the gaming, where you've got to be sort of cognizant of of these moving pieces. Sometimes it's just postponement or, or canceling. Uh, sometimes it's it's players itself. Now you're used to, to, to numbers changing. Should there not be a certain player ind- individually available, a court, quarterback, whatever it is. But I'm curious with the Arizona number, what has happened with the Cardinals number? I, I think it opened up at two and a half, but it's done a little bit of a, a yo-yo routine. Why, why, why was that from the, the odds makers? Why the number going up and down? That was interesting, actually. Yes, uh, yesterday looking at that, it, it came off the board at one of the, you know, the, what's configured considered the bigger professional shops on the Don Best screen. And uh, everybody, everybody else kind of reacted and, and took it down as well. And then it came back out. I'm sitting on two and a half there. That'll be uh, probably the biggest handle of the early wave and also um, the biggest lean. There's significant money straight up and on the spread with Arizona. Before we get into more NFL talk, I, I want to bring up something that's going to happen today, a little bit later on this afternoon, the match three. So we're going to have Phil Mickelson, Charles Barkley, Steph Curry, Peyton Manning. Uh, I know numbers are posted at Sports Interaction now, but are you guys going to have uh, live in-game, live betting for that as well? Maybe maybe take us through a little bit of that menu because that should be a heavy, heavy uh, bet uh, situation. Um, actually, actually not really, you know, really, more of eh? a novelty of, yeah, more of a novelty event with the books, you know, especially with Barkley being there, certainly going to be fun to watch. Pretty tough to throw high limits out there and, and yeah. hang some numbers, you know, it's, it's with everything else going on right now today. I mean, a full slate of college basketball, a very good slate of, um, of college football. Uh, it'd be kind of an afterthought. We will certainly have it there. Mm. Limits are low. There'd be no live betting on it. I mean, okay. Uh, 
it's it's tough to do. So 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 if it's professionals, if it's professionals, then you could probably have a market for it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm. Because Tiger, Tiger, and Phil did brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be more of a comedy aspect with with Charles Barkley. Sure, you know, it is certainly going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, But from a betting standpoint, really, with everything else going on, it's it's not really the top of my list. Right. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you brought that up, Dave, because I never even thought about betting on it. Right. Like it, it didn't dawn on me that I would actually wager on on you know <laughs> Charles Barkley. You know, I'm watching it because because he's brilliant. I, I think Barkley is one of my favorite characters of all time to watch. This will be hysterical. Like you know, he's going oh, yeah. to say stuff yeah. like this That's is stick, though. He he does that on purpose. He, yeah. But it's, it's, it's a total stick. I mean, he gets he gets some hefty appearance fees wherever he goes. So I mean, he he plays that to uh, you know play, plays with that swing. Sure. I don't even know how you can be a professional athlete and then swing the club like that. Yeah, I, he does it on purpose for oh, sure. Oh, I don't I don't know about that. I, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know about that. <laughs> Uh, you talked about, uh, you know, what's coming up this weekend. You talked about all the, uh, the college football. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, um, you know, in terms of, of public money, we, we, we talk about it all the time when it comes to the NFL. Uh, the application of it with, uh, NCAA football, does it change from time to, for instance, you know, because sometimes programs, and this year it's been a little difficult because of who's playing and who's not, do you, do you find that there are certain teams, for instance, this year, a team, two teams that want to get into that playoff conversation, and I don't know if they're going to do it no matter how much they win, uh, by how many points, but you get like BYU and Cincinnati, who I've been riding for the most part because they, the only chance they have is to beat the hell out of everybody every single week. But I would think if I'm saying to you BYU, if they play this week, does the handle really change all that much? I mean, cause I don't think they become public. Uh, not like a maybe, maybe, maybe Notre Dame's considered public. Clemson certainly would. Alabama, some of those schools. How does it work in NCAA football in terms of public money? Yeah, n- not really. I mean, still, I, I would say, you know, we, we have, you know, some, some, some great handle on college football, given we are a Canadian book and only Canadian clientele. There's still, you know, a great deal of interest in, in the, in the betting community. But, you know, I would still say in college football, boy, maybe, 75, 80% of all bets are kind of, are kind of public bets and they'll go with the tried and true Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn mm-hmm. State, stuff like that. You know, teams with a long history. Then, you know, even some alumni here in Canada that, uh, we always see that during the bowl season, actually, you know, um, schools with, with heavy alumni see the most action. So it's a kind of a unique beast to bet, especially with the volatility of the lines. They move a lot, but you know, both in totals and spreads. It's a bit of a challenge for the bookmakers. We certainly, I don't think, hold as well in college football or basketball as we do in professional sports. Phil, let's go back to the NFL Sunday uh, for a second. I see a couple different numbers that have kind of fluctuated uh, with the news of the Bengals and who they're starting at quarterback. There's, there seems to be a little more money coming in on the Giants right now. Um, what other what other moves are you looking at that you're, I'm not saying concerns on a Friday, but uh, we'll be watching a little closely, I guess. Yeah, not not a lot of underdog action this week. I'm yeah. seeing um, quite, quite a few leans on the faves. There's really only one. One game with a dog. I'm looking at the Titans and the Colts right now, sitting on three. It opened at three and a half, back down onto three. I would think that sits pretty solidly on three or even could fall off to two and a half. It's that significant on Tennessee. Uh, you, you mentioned the Giants, the Bengals. I'm on six. I'm off the, off, off the board right now, uh, where they are. A lot of five and a halfs out there. Uh, that opened at four and a half. 
all the way up to six. That'll be probably my second last bill, live, biggest liability of the, uh, the early wave next to the Cardinals and Patriots game. Well, as I said, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of movement and, um, you know, it just, I, I, I think it's still quite remarkable, you know, when, as I'm watching college football or sorry, college basketball, that at one point I didn't know what we were going to see, if anything at all. Like, I, I think it's nothing short of a miracle that they have tried to uh, pull this thing off. Uh, as you said, when it comes to college basketball, there's been a lot of cancellations, a lot of postponements. And because this is the season where it's like, uh, pre-conference tournaments, you know, so before they've been in the Bahamas or they're, they're in uh, Fort Myers, all these different places. Well, as you saw, uh, yesterday for those that were watching, there were teams that were <clears throat> substituting for other teams who couldn't go. You know, you yeah. had, uh, you had like Western Kentucky that wasn't supposed to be there. They showed up. Uh, you had different teams in different tournaments who were literally getting a phone call and saying, um, yeah, can you guys, do you guys want to play in a tournament? We got a tournament going on over here. That's how yeah. it works. So guys were yeah. traveling to like, uh, South Dakota when they, they weren't supposed to be. And it's a scramble for, for the books to, to get those games off the board and then get the new games in and try and handicap them. Just in the last couple of minutes we've been talking here, I've, I've had two more cancellations come in for today. There's 12 already in college basketball, and Mike will be disappointed to know that Marist at Albany, New York, has just been canceled. Oh, sorry, um, Mike. Oh, Marist, I hate great. that old division. I can't stand it. <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of nerds that go to that. I'm sorry. There's a lot. I'm not. That's why Ivy League. I <laughs> the never student been on body. Oh, yeah, I know you're particularly disappointed because yeah. the Ivy League canceled their whole their whole basketball season. Yes, oh. good heavens. Yes. What are you talking about athletics? Good lord. Yeah, I, I really, I just, I can't, there is so, <clears throat> it is so volatile. I want to get one more thing in. Uh, Mike Tyson is scheduled to fight tomorrow. Uh, earlier on this week, we kind of find out for some reason, some sort of new rule stipulation and how there will not technically be a winner in this. This is a slap in the face of every single sports book across the world isn't it well and that's actually you know kind of on 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 the sports books from around the world not doing their due diligence the california state athletic commission was very adamant from the very beginning when they sanctioned sanctioned this fight that there would be no knockdowns there's no winner it's an eight round exhibition bout but you know about a week and a half ago books came out with some lines and then everybody all of a sudden already realized uh wow we can't book this i mean the implications for you know, um, you know, say a fixed line or something is, is just far too great because it'll be, it would have been bet, you know, on the betting exchanges in Europe and across Asia. So, you know, if somebody decides to, you know, throw a heavy amount of money, money down on, on Tyson or Jones and the line moves significantly, you know, the implication would be that there's, you know, some sort of fixing, whether it's real or not. You yeah. just can as a bookmaker, a book that. So everybody took it off the board and avoided that's kind of disappointing because, yeah, that would have been, you know, would have been a significant handle. Um, tomorrow night, to, yep. and they want fifty bucks for pay per view to watch. It. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, there's ways around that. I know Steve oh. Rapp. <laughs> Steve Rapp already he, he already took he already took Kendall's credit card and ordered it. Yeah, and swipe. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, you have yourself a great weekend. Be careful on stage. Be careful on stage, and we will talk to you again next week. Fantastic, guys. See you next week. That is Phil Gray from Sports Interaction talking uh, some numbers and lots of them here this morning. He's right there. There's a ton of uh, action, really. And I forgot about these guys. Are you going to Are you going to watch it? I will find a yeah. way of watching the, it, just like you. The wink. <laughs> yes. 
Because I, 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 I honestly, and I know that, you know, we're, we're kind of spitballing here quickly, but I want to see an effort from Mike Tyson that gives me the hope that he returns to the professional side of things, even at the age of 50, what is he, 54, 55, 53, somewhere in that range. Yeah. I, I want to see him because right now, the way he looks, just look. I know he's a little bit thicker and so forth. Uh, he might be already a top three heavyweight. I'm just saying. So, and and George Foreman has won a title at this age. It's not like it's not like this hasn't happened before. And and Mike Tyson looks a heck of a lot better than George Foreman did oh, at yeah. that time. Yeah. I just pray for no biting, please. No, no ear eating. <laughs> that would be or, or face biting. Like uh, if you can knock that off, that'd be great. News Talk Saga 960 is the new home for Raw Mike Richards. Brought to you by Bell Lifestyle Products. Also streaming live on Saga960.ca. And now, from the Bell Lifestyle Studio, here's Mike and Dave. New Talk, Saga960, Raw, Mike Richards, uh, and boy, they're just looking at all the college sports. Just incredible uh, when you look at uh, not only the college football games, but the basketball games. It's you know, uh, in the in the in the face of the pandemic, just trying to get uh, it, it's hard to get your head around that they're actually doing this. When you saw that game yesterday in Dallas, there were thirty thousand people in Jerry's World, thirty thousand, and it looked like you know it, it didn't look like thirty thousand. That's how big that building is. The building's huge. The building's yeah. ridiculous, but thirty thousand people. And so in some places, it's just so weird. You watch any, any soccer match, uh, around the world. Unless, of course, it's like, unless it's like Russia or something. Cause then the, the stadiums are actually just full. Uh, but for the most part, you know, you see, you know, nobody's really allowed in. Um, it's, there's no question that there is a part of it that I respect, which is human nature to, to move forward, to, to fight adversity and trying to, I guess, continue a quality of life in the face of, of that kind of adversity. But then it's a very blurred line, Dave, between that and what I think a lot of people would consider to be stupidity. And it's, and that line is close. It makes me uncomfortable every time I watch it and I'm enjoying sports. I mean, you know, they have football, which social distancing really would be frowned upon. I think he, they want you in the face of that person. I mean, look, yep. think about it if you're on the offensive and defensive line. Breathing, sweating, and you're hammering on each other every uh, 35, 40 seconds. You're uh, crushing at each other. It's almost uh, like, you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking, well, we're, we're worried about our school kids uh, and teachers who have masks and now the plastic shields. That's what Linda has to wear. Yep. And then I'm sitting in front of the television. Watching a 285 pound guy who runs the 40 in, uh, in like five seconds obliterate a guy standing there with the ball and they are like face to face in like maybe even like the pouring rain. Like it, it, the juxtaposition of it is just too weird. You know, it's a, like in basketball, how are you? Like it's, it's impossible. I mean, you're going, I am in a, on top of you. I'm guarding you and we are. You know, sweating our balls off, going against head to head to each other. Now, now we're on the fourth uh, floor, uh, fighting for a loose ball. And then I'm told I can't see my parents on Christmas. I, I, totally, exactly. And, and I'm not tackling them, not usually. 
So I, I think this is where people are like, it's hard to follow the consistency in the rule. Some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't. Our good friends at Woodbine got told, as it was announced uh, within the last probably, what, 24 hours, that they will not be able to continue that uh, season, in which they have been very done their due diligence. I mean, the, the protocols were, were followed. There was no, <clears throat> there are no instances of COVID at Woodbine. Everyone's got a mask. Everyone, there's no, it's not open to the public. I mean, they've done everything they can, but that's going to cast another. Did you say twenty, thirteen hundred, twenty five hundred people? Twenty five hundred jobs. jobs. Yeah, yeah. Twenty five hundred jobs, and that's minus all the things I just talked about that you're seeing in 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 professional football and now college basketball. Uh, it's why I think you do get the Lugan factor, which is the the guy who who has made his stand at the at the barbecue joint because there's, there seems to be, there's enough gray area, Dave, in a, in a, in a time in our history where gray area can be very dangerous. Giving people a little flexibility within these stringent rules is probably a bad thing. Like who's going to a black Friday sale uh, in a brick and mortar shop? Like what, why would you do that instead of just going, okay, well, I want that TV. I see there's a special from uh, Best Buy or Walmart or what, or, or Amazon. Yep. I, I really want that 85-inch television. By the way, speaking of televisions, when did they become free? Did I miss this? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because there, I, I, I look at the, some of the, the first uh, the big television I got, which was probably like a 50-inch thing, but kind of sat in the ground. You know what? Sort of the speaker was on the bottom part, and uh, it was one of the thinner kinds, but it's still... It w- I remember getting with this around. It was $4,500, that television. It was $4,500. You know what kind of TV you get now for $4,500? Oh, jeez. You get the whole company for $4,500. Yeah, you you could you'd get the screen from the Cinesphere at Ontario <laughs> Place. <laughs> like, I don't even know it would be $4,500. I... The, to me, I used to look at those 85-inch, ultra-high-def, um, you know, smart LED, is it LED? Yeah, LED, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I think that those things are probably less than $2,000. I would think, on sale like today. I think. People might know more. But I'm thinking you're getting literally the God television now for under two grand. Easy. Easy. Because like I've seen 65, 65 inch, uh, and this is like the Samsung or Sony ultra high def, blah, 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 for 399 bucks. Mm-hmm. Nelson sent me, uh, I guess, uh, his family was shopping the other day, or I should say the other day, yesterday, and they picked up uh, a beautiful, you know, Samsung is a very good TV. So Samsung. It's my favorite. Yeah, 75 inch 4K, uh, you know, right, right to the tips kind of thing, and that was on sale for, I think it was 800 bucks. So. <laughs> That's just incredible. Yeah. That's just incredible. I mean, you can, you can get bigger and, and, and more expensive, uh, but I mean, you could, there's really, if you want anything more than a 65 in your house, and, and you don't, you know, I know there's different forms of quality, but it's so minute that, that 500 bucks could get you something very, very good. That's how, very that's, good. Yeah. Very, very good. So. What do you think the average size of the screen, uh, like we had, one television in our house growing up, there was a TV. Yeah. Wasn't, we didn't have them all over the place. What do you think the size of that screen was? If it's anything like mine, uh, I'm going to say it was 20, 24 inch. Yeah. I was going to say it's 20 something. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then you'd go... Like, and, I never saw it. Like the first time I saw 37 inches, I was like, oh my God, you got, how rich do you got to be to have something like that? <laughs> I remember watching at my grandma's house, my mom's side, they actually had one of those TVs that sit on the floor. So it yeah, was kind of right. built in, right? Yeah, yes, of course. I can tell you the hours upon hours of TV <laughs> watch there, right? Uh, sleepovers, cartoons, everything, uh, sports, of course. But, but yeah, and you'd go right up to it and, and change the dial. Yes. My yes. first, my first TV, I was 12 years old. Um, I, uh, I actually bought a Hitachi TV. It was, oh, did you? Yeah, with with money I saved on a paper route because I wanted yeah. a TV in my room to you know to watch hockey and stuff, right? And and yeah, I was right up to it. Click 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 click, click. and then when you got really fast, click, 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 right to oh, channel yeah. twelve. Right? And they're like, I can't believe the dial's broken. Do you? you know, my dad was like, <laughs> you don't go like this. <laughs> <laughs> And see, folks, there, there, for, for those, there, there was no remote then. No. We, no. we were the remote. You and walked to the television and turned the channel. Not a word of a lie to turn off the TV, though, if I'm, if I'm in bed. Cause you, you know, I wasn't like I was watching TV late. Cause you know, late at that age is 830, nine yeah. o'clock, right? I'd yeah. grab a hockey stick, <clears throat> lean over to the bed and actually oh, click. And cause, cause it was basically a punch, right? So you'd it'd punch in, yeah. punch out for, yeah. so and be leaning over and, oh, there we go. We didn't have to get it. <laughs> uh, coming up in a couple of minutes here, we're going to talk to Stephen Rapp as we will finish the uh, sports interaction power hours. Uh, lots to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, I'm sure, uh, Stephen Rapp's uh, favorite quarterback, which is Carson Wentz. News Talk Saga 960 is the new home for Raw Mike Richards. Brought to you by Bell Lifestyle Products. Also streaming live on Saga960.ca. And now, from the Bell Lifestyle Studio, here's Mike and Dave. Stock Saga960, Raw, Mike Richards on, uh, I guess, the, the Thanksgiving Day uh, week. I don't know, it seems to go on forever. It's a long holiday, and it's the one thing where Canada kind of cheats a little bit, don't we? You know, we, we say, oh, our Thanksgiving, the real Thanksgiving. No, no, no. You know that you're lying when you say that, because the moment American Thanksgiving comes up, I know, because I was faking and feigning an illness in, in, in elementary school because I knew football games were coming on in the day. My mom's a nurse. And I don't think she's really falling for it. And, and we go to Stephen Rapp, who, by the way, also observes the American uh, holiday. This, I mean, this is, I hate everything about the U.S., you know that, but this is our, my holiday. I've, uh, I've celebrated this my whole life. I've never gone to school, you know, they never went to school anyway. I never went to school on U.S. <laughs> Thanksgiving. I have had Thanksgiving parties at my house. We have turkey and we have all the, all the fixings and we have people over and we watch football. Not the pandemic. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is, this is our holiday. Okay. So, so here comes the, the tough part of the interview. You know, a very hard hitting show. We ask the tough questions no one else will ask. Cause I guarantee you no one's asking you this question. If you were going to be flown down, let's forget about the pandemic. So now we're back to normal times and you received a phone call from, uh, uh Philip Rivers. And he wishes to invite you to his house for Thanksgiving Day dinner. Do that's, you go? Yes or that's no? That's a big table, Stephen. That's a big table. That's a big table. And, 
I'm gonna have to say no because it's <laughs> a good chance while he's passing the mashed potatoes and sweet potato to one of his family members, uh, he'll miss them by about three feet and hit me in the head with. So uh, no, I will have to say no to that. Could, would I also assume if a phone call came from uh, Carson Wentz in his household, the answer is also no. Um, no, I would like to just just go and give him a slap upside the head and say. Can you not hear things? Can you not hear footsteps? <laughs> not like you, is there some way that I can teach you pocket awareness? Because I don't think that's bad pocket awareness. Maybe I could sit him down and have a nice fireside chat of like what to do when you hear three 300-pound men running after you. <laughs> Throw yeah. it away. Yeah, I'll tell you. I, I, I've seen – look. It's not like I haven't seen an erosion of athletes beforehand as we, you know, we see a guy come in at a certain level and he goes a certain way. I mean, it happens, but this is just weird to me. It's almost like literally someone hit another switch and he just doesn't really know how to play the position anymore. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of somebody else. And I guess the one that, that, that shocks me the most, and it's not football, be baseball. It'd be a guy like Ricky Romero. Yeah. Ricky Romero. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Who, who is like a superstar here. Everybody thought he was, you know, the top of our rotation guy. And then boom, he just forgets that. And now there are other guys. I mean, Rick and Cal, Cal, yep. been like that, but they moved him, uh, you know, from, uh, from first base to pitcher to, to outfield and he was able to stay in the game. Um, you know, again, we've said, I'm pretty sure we've said it on the show. I mean, is it really all Frank Reich? It was it all Frank Reich. I mean, that was is Peterson and Wentz just like you know, uh, whatever bad combination of people would be, but they seem to be it. Okay, let me let me work this into the Monday night game then, because I, I'm I'm on the Seahawks right now on Monday night. Do you have any faith with the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night? Five points. Yeah, make, yeah no. Look like an idiot every week. Uh, every week they're making me look like an idiot. They should be better. I mean, I, you know, I was laughing when I grabbed them plus 135 for the division about a month ago thinking, oh, and then within two weeks, they're like minus 270. Hey, I got the best of the number. Yeah. I love getting the best of the number. And now they're like, you know, like you can get them at like two to one, three to one. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, Seattle coming off a little extra rest. Oh, off and by actually. Yep. Uh, it's tough. It's really, really tough to to go shut off you. But is this one of those when it looks too easy? It is too easy. I mean, kind of like you know, if it looks too easy, sometimes it is too easy. This might be one of them. Um, I just get a uh, text here from our good friend uh, Doug Kirkwood, uh, who's listening. He uh, actually asked Siri, "How can you kill?" He's a he's a he's a he's a Vikings fan. <laughs> how how can I? How do you kill Kirk Cousins? <laughs> Siri said, I'm sorry, I, I don't understand the question. He goes, oh, yes, you do. Drop back and cover it? <laughs> yeah. Put your hands in the air. Yeah, put your hands in the air. Make them a seven-point yeah. favorite? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, make them, make them play on national television. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. there's another team. Like, this is the weirdest season that I – now, we should expect weirdness the way the season started. No OTAs, no preseason. Uh, sometimes you play a game, sometimes you don't. Yeah, pandemic. Yeah. So you might see a alteration to what is normal, but that NFC East, <laughs> I, I have no words for it. The, the Washington and now Washington football team, they could win that division. 
Well, wouldn't the wouldn't the winner be like the best looking person in the leper colony? I mean, it was <laughs> frog queen at the Star Wars bar. I mean, there's... <laughs> now that that's good. I've heard that one before. Prom queen at the Star Wars bar. I like that. I like that. Tell me more about your bar, Stephen Rath. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Washington. I, I mean, we. I had a last <clears> night. We did it out. Washington plus three. I mean, better defense taking points. Uh, in the division, I mean, that one seemed relatively easy. I mean, America, public loves America's team, and I just don't know what they need to see over the yeah. course of Jerry Jones' tenure that tells them that anything is ever going to be any different. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about the coaching decisions in Philadelphia. Wow. In, in Dallas, they got their own, <laughs> they got their own thing going on. Well, I got two for you, though. Okay. Two for you. First of the first game. What was Matt Patricia saving his timeouts time for at the end of the first half? He gets the ball on his own 25 with like a minute four left. He drives down the field. You realize they're now at about the 30. There's like 15 seconds left. So they've gone like 60 yards, and they still have three timeouts. I mean, exactly what was he saving them for? Yeah, I, I, and, yeah. then, and then the, the, the fourth and ten from his own 30 on a, a reverse going 15, 15 yards. Did you hear his quote? He says, you, can't, you have to be optimistic. It was a good play call. It was a good design. Yeah, you're fired. Uh, Jaron Jones won't do it, but that's that's my response. To the owner go, you Jones still want like you still want to defend that play? Okay, I can't. Ha- you can't be my coach then. So no, you're he, fired. Yeah, he wouldn't have been allowed in. He wouldn't have been allowed back in the locker room if I owned the place. But Jerry no. Jones can't do that because that no. makes Jerry Jones look stupid for hiring the guy you know, based on him lying on his resume. Mike and I were discussing this Cardinals number with New England. So it opened at two and a half. It actually dropped yesterday to a pick 'em and now it shoots back up to minus two for the visiting Cardinals. Uh, there is some concern about Kyler Murray. We, we do know that he is banged up. Larry Fitzgerald is in uh, COVID protocol. Uh, is that a small price for the visiting Cardinals to get this done? Or do you think the Patriots have a shot here? Yeah, I think it's a small price with visiting Cardinals, but that line yesterday going, coming off the board, going to pick and then coming back at two, I think that might have been a software glitch at one of the biggest books on oh, the uh, Don okay. Best screen. Oh, okay. Uh, cause I actually, uh, messaged Phil Gray and asked him what was happening and what happened was this book took the game off the board. We don't know what reason, for what reason. Like I said, it could have been a glitch. And then once they did that, everybody came down. And then you got screwed around, and then all of a sudden it came back up at two. Uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, Arizona has had uh, extra time to rest uh, since the Thursday night game. Um, I, it does seem like a small number. But, again, Dave, could this be one of those it was one of those that are just, uh, you know, look too easy? I mean, the public's on Arizona, uh, but that number doesn't, uh, doesn't move off the uh, two. As a matter of fact, it comes down. I see some one-and-a-halfs out there. So, mm. Whenever I see that with a number, that that concerns me a little bit. Plus, the sorcerer no. could provide yep. some weather elements, as Bill Belichick can, right? And then all of a yeah, sudden, he could, you guys... he could whip it up, like, <laughs> whip it up, Toto. Yeah, that that is Bill Belichick. He is he is so, uh, so, saucer, sorcerer. That's it. <laughs> Try to say that early in the morning. <clears throat> now, Would you like to know what I like? Yes, because I'm saying this is this is a week that that uh, I think uh, Phil was looking at whether. There doesn't seem to be a lot of dog money, aside from maybe people looking at that Colts game. 
and, and Titans. What, what intrigues you? Because I know you are not exactly Mr. Public. No, uh, Denver taking six at home to New Orleans. Um, New Orleans and Taysom Hill were laying three and a half at home in a controlled environment against Atlanta. Now you're asking them to fly to Denver, play in one of the toughest road stadiums to play. And fans are no fans still with the altitude and everything. And now you're lay, asking them to lay six against the Vic Fangio defense that can be pretty feisty. And Drew Locke, we, we, you know, we don't know much about him. If the jury's out on whether he's going to be their guy, I mean, the jury might be close to coming in. He's had his better performances at home. They, they surprised Miami last week. They actually got 450 yards of offense, even though they only got 20 points. Um, and, and they've, and they've stopped a better defense, a better offense, uh, last week than they're going to, well, not, not that, but so yeah, no, I like Denver taking the points at home. Um, and I also as a dog, I also like, uh, Atlanta plus three at home. I mean, it's all taking a letdown spot for Vegas yep. after, uh, after the, 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 Narrow, narrow uh, loss against Kansas City. I think this is too much. This line has moved. Also, Chase Steam. Uh, this opened three. Public Chase uh, open pick. Public chased it up to Vegas three. Fading those big Steam plays have been hitting at sixty four percent this season. I uh, like I like the uh, the fade there as well. Um, and one favorite I like uh, Minnesota laying three and a half. I know Teddy two gloves is back, but McCaffrey probably won't be. Will not be. Zimmer's nope. Always Zimmer beats, uh, Zimmer beats up on good teams. He's 41 and 23 against the spread, uh, 41 and 21 against the spread November or later. Usually take care of business. I mean, uh, and the Panthers got a win against the sleeping Lions team last week. We saw how bad the Lions are. I don't think you'll get the Vikings coming off a surprising loss, a bad spot for them against the Dallas team last week on a bye. So I'd lay the three and a half with uh, Minnesota. Am I keeping you up, Dave? No, I was just looking at that going, any chance, <laughs> any chance it was, uh, it's going to three at all? No, I was going to jump on there and grab it before I went to four. 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 Four, yeah. Um, that was my thought, uh, getting up this morning was surprised that it isn't that. But, you know, I look at it, Dave, now you mention it, uh, three and a half even at sports interaction means it's juice to the dog. Um, I do see three and a half, so five, and I see one place of three minus 20. Mm. So you, you, you might see it and that will make me pause and hesitate before, uh, before I uh, jump on that one. But I do like, I do like Minnesota laying the points there. Now, during this time, because I know a lot of people do, and I, I do very often, do you, do you have the big turkey during the American uh, Thanksgiving? Like, do you do the, the full-on spread? I usually, we usually do. Um, we did it this year due to uh, pandemic. Actually, I just grabbed up the family and, and just went down to Adamson's Barbecue. Ah, hey Well, it's the safest thing to do. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's the it's, safest it's, thing. I figured it was, it was open. It was one of the few places that were open. So it's so funny so, in our world. The guy who makes the, where we make our big stand is yeah. for brisket and ribs. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the Canadian stand. We were... I mean, it's just, I mean, I, listen, I mean, I, I don't know. My take on this, it's Darwinian theory at its best. It's survival of the fittest. It's yes, that these people go home, get their families sick, thin the herd, uh, kill off the yeah. um, That is what let it happen. I can keep myself safe. I can keep my family safe, keep them away from the yahoos who want to kill off their, their bloodlines and their families and their grandmothers and their relatives. Let them do it. Have at it. 
Great. See you later. More food for me when it's all over. <laughs> Steven, thank you so much for We really have uh, a political leader in the making, yeah. I think. No, I'm not, you got to leave it at that. That's, that's good night, everybody. That's what he's going off the stage. Yeah, that is fantastic. There is. <laughs> Thanks so much, Steven. Have a great weekend. See you, pal. Bye. That is the one and only Stephen Rapp from Sports Interaction during the Sports Interaction Power Hour. And trust me, he's not the only one who feels that way. He is definitely not the only one who thinks that way. Uh, but that was classic uh, Stephen Rapp. I'd like to thank everyone who joined us this morning, including uh, Andrew Cayley, as they go through their shutdown in the Maritimes. The Atlantic Bubble, which has been very, very successful, uh, they get 100 people that had enough. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, Newfoundland uh, and Labrador is like, uh, don't take another step there, you, because... Seriously. Because it's all Halifax. Yes. It's all Halifax. And, and we're dealing with these numbers? Oh, good God. Uh, also, on uh, Phil Gray, as you know, from Sports Interaction, here you heard Stephen Rapp. You just got your morning drive back. Raw Mike Richards. Brought to you by Bell Lifestyle Products. On Newstalk Saga 960. With traffic on the fives. Featuring the best and most detailed West End traffic in the GTA. Na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na. Hey, hey, hey. Adios. Ha, 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 ha